0: Mental health could be a difficult topic to talk about. I'd like to change that. I'm Marcus Pipworth, and welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. Hello, yes, welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. Um, this story I'm going to share today, Kitty's story, is actually quite overdue. I recorded it in, when was it? June. Yeah, June, when I went to the Isle of Wight. Um... And since then it's been sitting on my computer waiting for me to edit it, along with probably too many others um You'll remember if uh you listened to this podcast in the past that um and that same trip to the Isle of Wight, I recorded a conversation with Beth and Christopher around her uh program to empower girls called um Grow Your Own Gorgeousness." I also recorded a beautiful conversation with Kim Brown who runs nature therapy CIC and the wolf medicine course around how uh how important nature is in uh, creating balance and helping us connect with ourselves and our well-being and um and and those sort of topics and I also recorded a conversation with Mark Langford his incredibly inspiring story of um addiction and the road to recovery so if you didn't get a chance to listen to those three I definitely advise going back and listening to them um and then while I was there I also recorded this really nice conversation with Kitty um she we sat in the back of my van and we had cups of tea and she gave me strawberries and we uh, and she shared her story um it's a really interesting story um at the time when I spoke to Kitty she had recently started volunteering for a community radio station on the Isle of Wight called Vectis um where she Uh, has a show and she always brings in a sort of mental health and well-being slant to that whatever she's doing she's now been there for a few months and it's going really well for her Um, so I I think one of the unique things about this story Kitty shares is um, the fact that she spent the first 31 years of her career um, as a health nurse and mental health nurse with the NHS and then um, and then found herself on the other side of the NHS services. So she has this very unique uh, the mental health services. So she has this very unique um, sort of view of both sides of the mental health service. Um, and it's very interesting. Her story is quite challenging. It's quite difficult, um, but uh, it's but it's really good. It's really inspiring. I think cause I, I just I love it. I just love it when people can share these those conversations which go into the sort of, the more difficult bits of life and how to navigate them and how people are individually coping with sort of all the like crap that life throws at us um I think uh it 's hard to do that The world isn 't really set up to do that we I mean something like social media is a classic example of something which is essentially just a way of showing uh, the highlights, but we often forget about the journey that goes on behind those things and the actual and the actual nature that life is very difficult it that's that's um that's a fact and it's always gonna throw up difficult things so it's better to learn to talk about and navigate them in my opinion because that's where the real healing uh, exists in that space of conversation and honesty and authenticity and opening up so i'm very thankful for kitty for coming on to share her story Um, as i always say it would be lovely if you do enjoy this podcast if you could subscribe and rate and review it on your podcast app or on itunes that way i can reach more people Um, and also i am trying to fund this myself i'm just one person cobbling together these podcasts and uh, it takes quite a lot of time so i have a patreon page which is sort of how i'm trying to fund this Um, I'm, i'm a long way off making it sustainable at the moment but one day i hope to be able to use that Patreon page to sort of to support my support myself to enable myself to continue to really throw myself into making these spaces to talk about mental health. So if you have anything that you can financially offer there, then that's wonderful. You'll get access to extra content, that sort of thing. And if you can't, then that's also wonderful. Just sit back, listen, enjoy, share it with your friends. And that is the most important thing to me that you are here to listen to these very important stories people are sharing and okay i'll stop now and come back at the end
1: mental health means to me not just your physical health or your mental health if you have to separate it that's fair enough i don't like to separate it because i see your health and well-being as being one thing because without mental health or physical health, your well-being isn't as it should be, and you know your well-being and your your well-being is really really important to enabling you to stay alive. It really is, and um, and so many people forget about your well-being. Um, an awful lot of people stigmatise mental health. Um, And I do wonder if that's because it's something they can't see. It's not like a broken leg or a, you know, a splint on your arm or a patch on your eye. But it does affect you as a person if you're not treated like a person, you know. And being treated like a person is very important because if you're not treated like a person, you don't feel you've got a purpose. Um my own experience is that of being a highly sensitive person, although I never actually knew that Mm -hmm. (laughs) until three years ago Um, however um, back in the 80s I I went to um, do my nurse training and I did my general nurse training and then went off and and did this wonderful uh, course on elderly care and then I realised that without mental health understanding really I needed more information, I needed to sort of broaden my um, education so I went off to be a mental health nurse I worked in that for a great number of years was doing the whole thing all in total, 31 years which is rather a long time (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um, always worked with a person as a whole person, never as a broken leg or a mental health issue or something and being um, until three years ago when I had a very major life change in that I died um, through medical negligence after an operation I actually developed mental health problems myself I was shocked because I never recognised it And I was a bit miffed that I hadn't recognised it, to be fair. (laughs) Um, But essentially I ended up with um, depression, anxiety and PTSD. And it annoyed me as a person that I never recognised how ill I was. Um, But thinking about it, what I had done is I'd distanced myself away from unwellness because I'd become so unwell physically and focused on the getting up, getting walking, getting going and totally neglected my mental health or neglected how I felt at the time.
0: What do you mean when you said you died? Do you mean like literally?
1: I did die on the table. table. Um, And that has given me um, a very odd view of the world. (laughs) In that seeing it from a mental health nurse perspective and a general nurse perspective and a mental health service user, I truly understand how people are made to feel. Um, Although I've endeavoured over the years not to make people feel like that, being on the other side of the fence, I can actually see how people can be stigmatised it did result in me needing to leave work because my PTSD surrounds hospitals, <laughs> okay. in which I worked in, so um, I don't do hospitals or doctors or anything medical like that now, um, which is interesting because I've retired very early, well, three, 13 years early, but what it does mean now is that I can focus on helping other people to do the best that they can with the abilities, either physically or mentally that they've got and enable them to I guess, I hate to use the word, but optimise so say for example somebody has an incredibly anxiety provoking moment about going to a particular place Um, because I do that I can't, there are certain parts of the island I can't go to (laughs) I can't even drive there, never mind go there. So um, it's working with them to come up with alternative ways of doing stuff. So for me, if I want to go to cows, I have to go either via the prison and round the back of the prison estate, or I have to drive, depending on how I feel, right the way out into the countryside and then drive along the coast and come in that way, which to some people who don't understand what anxiety and mental health issues and PTSD specifically do, it takes you back to that ping moment and freeze. You just freeze. And you can't... There's nothing you can do. There's nothing anybody can say. You just need to work through it in your own mind and and come up with some way of not moving it, but being able to move yourself and say, well... Actually, today, I am going to go to Cows. And I am going to have to go via, say, um, Newtown. So be it. You know, I might stop for tea and cake on the way there. Or I might give myself a treat on the way back. Or, you know, but I'm not going to beat myself up from the fact that I can't go the short way. (laughs) And use less petrol. (laughs) But that's just the way life is. And, um, you know... As a, as, a, as a nurse myself, I always thought that I was equipped to um, keep well. But obviously, you know, events of, of, of nearly three years ago now just sort of pushed me over the edge. I don't think I'll ever go back to being totally well again. But what I do is I do the best that I can with how I feel on the day. And if I don't feel well on the day, and amend what I'm doing to that and I don't put myself under any pressure I still do because that's innate in being humans isn't it (laughs) but I try not to put myself under any pressure and um, I also try to put myself in a place that I know is going to make me feel right. so I do a lot of um, I do a lot of needle felting now and all the things I always wanted to do but never had the time. So I do a lot of needle felting now. I do a lot of wandering about. I always did do a bit, but not much. But now what I do is, like today, flask of coffee, cake, strawberries, napkins, cups, go. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't know where I'm going, but just end up maybe do a bit of shopping on the way back I see some nice um, vegetables or plants or something but um, yeah it's life has changed but it's still life back in um, no when was that 2016 um, I did want to kill myself and that was at the point when I was in disbelief that I had mental health issues I ignored it and kept on going which was my way at the time of actually dealing with all the shit that was going on Um, and I couldn't do my job I was going to be made you know, dismissed and I fought against it, and then one day I sat in my office and I thought, might as well be dead. So I spoke to my colleague, who I shared the office with, um, and we sat there for about two hours, really. And then I decided um, I'd better get some help before I actually did go and kill cool myself, and um I went and got help. The help that I did get was piecemeal. It was, in my view, not helpful at all. And if I hadn't have been so well supported by a couple of people, I wouldn't be here. And there are still places on the island that I can't drive myself to, or drive along certain roads, because... That's where I was going to go. I can come here, incidentally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So maybe that's okay being here.
1: Yeah, I can come here, but I can't. You know, certain places on the island, but I guess are notorious for that sort of thing. Um, I can't go there, and I don't think I ever will. But um, it's a little bit like Beachy Head, I suppose. I used to live there near there as well. (laughs) <laughs> well that was in the days before I was unwell and um, it is quite interesting because people never saw me as having an issue, um, people I worked with and when they actually found out they were really quite shocked because they thought that I was not the sort, the sort of person in inverted to do that sort of thing. And I think it gave them a wake-up call. I think it made them realise, as it did me, that we have to, you know, do the best that we can and not get so beaten up about do this by Tuesday, have that in place by 3.15 and focus on time and technology and all these sorts of things. And now, you know, I avoid technology, I stay outside... The only downside of that, I guess, is that um, <clears throat> I know myself, if I'm slipping down the pole a bit, and I start not wanting to talk to people, I start isolating myself. I don't like, if I don't like the telly and I can't read the paper, then I know there's something going on. <laughs> and I make sure that I um, attach myself to a couple of people who will bring me out of it, I guess, for want a better word. And sometimes that involves sitting round a table with a couple of people, eating cake, drinking tea and swearing. <laughs> 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 or <laughs> occupying myself and finding a purpose. Because after 31 years as a nurse, and 31 of those being in the NHS, apart from one when I worked for a charity, um, you suddenly lose your purpose. You know, you don't have a purpose anymore. You know, your purpose was getting up, looking after people, going home, doing your washing, going to bed. But you don't have that anymore, so what do you actually do? And that is very hard, I find, because you don't actually know what to do with yourself. You don't know what to do at all. And that's when I realised that perhaps... I should start doing other stuff. And as my physical health has improved, it still isn't right, but it, it has improved, I found that I'm doing things now that I never, ever thought I would do. So still continuing with the nature things, still doing a lot more of the things that I wanted to do that I never had a chance to, like properly grow plants, um, sell vegetables all sorts of things like that that I never ever thought I would do, make my own clothes, make my own jam, you know, be as independent as possible. Part of that is about avoiding people because I don't do groups. I can't do big groups now, um, which I find quite bizarre because I've spent my whole career in groups. <laughs> but now I don't... um I don't... I spend my time in small groups or with one or two people Um, I think as well people unless they've had some sort of similar experience themselves or been very close to somebody who's got issues don't actually truly understand and I think that's why people who have had mental health issues are better placed to care for and work with people who have issues um, and I never thought of it like that before and that is very sad because I spent a lot of years looking after people in rehab um, that was community rehab not, not um, hospital rehab from the mental health perspective people being resettled into the community after really long terms of uh, you know, staying in hospital And that was about integrating back into society as well. So I guess, in a way, I'm doing my own rehab. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my rehab is getting out there and just doing... But it has made me a lot more cynical. It's made me have a total distrust of anything medical. And it's also given me... um, I don't know what the word is. A sort of a... um, um, an inability to take things at face value. I always now want to research stuff before I do anything. And that can be seen as a bit um, a bit annoying to some people. So, for example, I, I, um, just before I was ill, I was um, involved in a, a rather abusive relationship. And I had to escape and I, I was living on the mainland at the time because I stupidly moved over there for a couple of years. And um, when I was on this course, I met this lady and a man, and um, they were running the course, and I truly enjoyed it. But it was um, it was a very hands-on, look-into-yourself course, and I thought, oh, don't do that. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. And I thought, oh, bugger it, just do it. And I went off and I did it. And I became very good friends with these people. And um, the long and the short of it is now, they asked me if I'd like to um, be a presenter on a radio show. And I thought to myself, I thought, no, I can't do that. I don't like people. Well, I do like them, but I just can't be with them. I'm just not peopley at all now. And they said, no, 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 give it a go. Just give it a go. And I think they, they said to me that they saw my potential in doing that. And I thought, you know, having faith in me was really great because I'd lost faith in myself, to be fair. And um, I'll just have a slurp of tea. And um, actually finding somebody that had the faith in me to do something important rather than, you know, can you get me a bag of apples on your way past up to the shop, you know. Giving me something with purpose. So I started off doing Saturdays and they were very patient. They knew about my anxiety issues. They knew about stuff in my life. And um, they also knew that I wasn't really a people person anymore. And doing the radio shows now, it, I've been doing my own now for it's my fourth week. Which I know is really not a lot at all, <laughs> if that bugger all really. But um, essentially they saw a talent. They've helped me out of my where I was at the time, which wasn't a good place, uh, back in November last year. And now I've got my own show on a Thursday. And that show itself, I'm working with a lady who has her own mental health issues. And it just, we're not put together because we have mental health issues. We're put together because we were both there on a Thursday. (laughs) No other reason than that. And we work really well together, and she's only a youngster compared to me. But um, it's enabled both of us to find our purpose. It's enabled us to learn new skills. It's enabled me to get out of my shell... Um, ...and do other stuff... ...and um, last week I did two outdoor broadcasts... ...and they were totally unplanned... Um, ...really... ...one of them was... Um, ...my first outside broadcast was last week... ...or was it the week before last, yeah... ...and uh, it was at a festival called the One Life Festival here... ...it's the first one that there's ever been... ...and I thought, mm, people groups, no, can't do it and I went off on my telephone and I stood in the middle of the field (laughs) and it was um, a festival for people with learning disabilities, adults and adults who had other sort of issues in relation to um, disabilities and also for people who were neurodiverse in some way and I had a whale of time I met people, chatted to people, did 12 interviews in one day. (laughs) (laughs) All with my mobile phone. And then I uploaded it. And then when I got back to um, the station the following day, put a lot of them on air. And I thought, oh, my God, I've actually done something that I never thought I could ever do. I've been able to work the desk... The technology doesn't frighten me now. It's taken me since October of last year, mind you. (laughs) (laughs) But um, then they asked me if I would go the following day to a place that was... um, Oh, going back to the first one. The people there accepted me for who I was. They accepted the fact that we were all different there was no judgmentalness there was no um, it was just so nice it was just the most amazing privilege I think is the best word to use it was a privilege to be there and it was a privilege to actually be able to understand that I could do these things again after what's happened um The following day, they asked me if I would go to um, an education day of children. And I thought, oh, children. (laughs) (laughs) 350 of them, my God. But um, it was an awareness day to um, introduce children to um, rural studies and rural things on the island in general and where milk comes from and all that sort of stuff. And the police were there with their, um, you know, speed guns and doing little races with them. And there was ponies and pigs and all sorts of stuff. And that, again, because it was surrounded by children, it was non-judgmental. It was happy. They were incredibly well behaved. I got a ride in the back of a trailer. (laughs) (laughs) I did again tons of interviews there quite a few of them went on air that afternoon because it was my Thursday afternoon show Um, I felt particularly chaotic in myself when I got back Um, and my my friend who I was doing the show with was pretty chaotic as well that week so we we had rather a chaotic show but it was fun and um, nobody died (laughs) (laughs) you know everybody was happy and we didn't make any huge glaring mistakes and we never got told off so you know that's got to be good so that has given me a purpose as well and uh, I found although I wouldn't tell the radio station I actually prefer doing the outdoor broadcasts and I do doing the indoor ones but that again I think fits with how I am and the need to be free and not constrained. So, you know, I I think that being alive now is my second chance at life Um, and not only is it my second chance at life, it's my time to do something and make a difference.
0: Well, wow, that was a very uh inspiring story from kitty it was really nice to go back and listen to that it reminds me of uh, that whole trip to the isle of wight and what a lovely community they have there and a very supportive community um that last uh last sentence what was it? um not only is it my second chance at life but it is my time to do something and to make a difference um that's amazing that's really powerful i really think I'll probably be using that as the quote to soundbite to promote this podcast uh, yeah really 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 thankful for kitty to uh, for coming uh to meet me and record the conversation um as i mentioned at the beginning kitty has her radio show on vectus radio on the isle of Wight. you can listen to it online as well um i'll include links down to it in the bottom of the uh in the podcast notes and yeah great thanks so much for listening and yeah do do share the podcast with uh, your friends if you like it um uh, if you want to find out more about my mental health journey around the uk with uh, my little red fan then go on to my website which is www.theministryofchange.org um and you can find more about uh, the story behind the project and also um yeah do go onto itunes and rate and review and subscribe to the podcast that helps me reach more people and then finally like i mentioned at the beginning i have this patreon page and uh if you can offer any financial support that helps me to create more spaces to uh talk about mental health um I will be uploading a longer version of this conversation uh, that I recorded with Kitty on there as 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 Patreon content. Um, basically, uh, this, this first half of the conversation wasn't really a conversation. It was Kitty sharing her story. Then after that, we talked for about half an hour more. Uh, and it's more of a back and forth conversation. And there's some really good stuff in there as well. So I would urge you to head over to Patreon and have a look at that um but yeah mainly thank you so much for listening and i hope to be able to bring you some more conversations very soon um and uh yeah enjoy the rest of your day see you
1: soon